0: You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Happy Friday. It is happening. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, we do have a few things to discuss today. We had a press conference with uh, three players, Blake Corum, Jalen Har- Harrell. I don't know why I wanted to say Harrell and then Harrell at the same time, but that's what we did. And Cornelius Johnson. Uh, there's a few uh, few things coming out of that that I definitely want to discuss. Uh, but uh, we on the show, aside from the fact that we addressed it a little bit in the mailbag on Thursday, haven't really talked about the addition of Aabi Anoma. So, uh I, it almost feels like a retread because I did an instant reaction on my personal YouTube, but we're going to do a reaction here because it's worth doing it because who knows. Some of you might be not going to the YouTube, not subscribing over there. Whether it's the Lockdown Wolverines one or my personal one. You should do both because very different content on either. Um but uh Nonetheless, let's let's discuss a bit of that. Some of the players also discussed Aabi Enoma uh coming in. We just talked about that today, but uh so first before I get to what the players had to say, I, I want to go back because I remember that recruitment a little. <laughs> uh, what I definitely remember is uh Mi- Michigan seeing him at the satellite camp at Bowie State University down in Maryland, I went down there, I made the 10-ish hour drive down there, uh, back when I worked for 24-7 Sports, and uh, I interviewed him, and it was maybe the weirdest recruiting interview I ever had. Now, uh, one of my Twitter followers, I don't remember who, I'm sorry to give credit here, but they found my old article, because I could not find it. I searched for like 15 minutes, Went to 24-7, couldn't find that article, couldn't find a couple other things there. I went to his page, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it by searching my name and his name. Just couldn't find it. I'm kind of surprised that I actually finished the article because it was the weirdest interview I ever had. It kind of felt like he was just messing with me the whole time, just talking about Burger King and how much he loved Whoppers pretty much the entire time, which was like, dude, I drove Literally all day to get down here. But here's what it is. Obviously, he uh, he didn't pan out any of his previous steps. I uh, got released from the team at Alabama. Same thing at Houston. He did at least play a little bit. His freshman year was on all-SEC all freshman team. Kind of had a lot of promise. Didn't work out there. A bunch of different reasons. Didn't go to class. Uh, things like that. Houston, not really sure exactly what happened there, but also released from the team uh, before he ever even played. So he played in 2018, didn't play in 2019, didn't play in 2020. 2021, he finds himself in the FBS level at UT Martin, and he does pretty well. Some, some things say 6X, some say 7. Uh, I don't know which one to believe. They don't really archive... The stats very well from the FBS level, from what I've found, just kind of in general before even just yesterday. Um, but uh, nine and a half tackles for loss. And I think that uh, he's got a lot of promise. There's certain people out there that saw him as being an NFL draft pick, even if he stayed at UT Martin. But he is on campus now. He arrived on Thursday. He's not only in the directory but he's, you know, he's on the football roster. So Michigan has another edge rusher, and he's a former five-star, 24-7 sports proprietary ranking. Summit, had him at number three in the country. Uh, the composite had him at number four. So a guy with that talent level, but hasn't necessarily shown out. Now, he's got two weeks to get game ready. So it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do as far as that's concerned. Now, that's where we'll get to some what the, some of the players said. Jalen Harrell says he, he's taken it upon himself to take him under his wing, like get him acclimated to the playbook, to the city, all that kind of stuff. And from what he's going to say, and what or what he said, and what he's obviously going to say is like, hey, we're excited, we're ready to go, we're ready to get him in here, get him acclimated. He's ready to go. We'll see. It, it's different a different deal when you think maybe like, all right, I'm got a lot of playing time ahead of me, and maybe. Uh, Maybe he takes it away, but Michigan has really proven that it's a very team oriented, right? They don't seem to care about individual stats. So there's that. I'm not that concerned about the locker room situation because I would imagine he's going to be on a short leash to some degree, you know, but I also have to imagine that this was Biff Pogey wanting to bring in one of his former players. Blake Corum also played uh, played for Biff Poggi at St. Francis Academy, as did A.A.B. A- Anoma if you didn't know that tidbit. Uh, and uh, they didn't have overlap. Corum came the year after. But uh, Corum's like, listen, great dude, super excited. Super excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year. Aren't we all? I mean, when you got a talent like of his level it's going to be interesting to see what he can do now if i'm michigan the way i'm looking at it is like listen if he gets us five sacks then we're super happy right keeping in mind not everyone like we may, we might be sitting here thinking like oh five sacks that's just whatever right like that happens all the time not so fast right like let's go back to 2018 i think that that's a constructive year now, obviously, there's more than just getting sacks. I always am pointing to the numbers without necessarily adding context. Trust me, I understand the context, but sometimes I just think the raw numbers speak for themselves. Uh, because sometimes it's like, there were games last year where Aiden Hutchinson didn't have sacks, right? But he was, the game plan was built around him. I mean, even the Georgia game, people are like, oh, look at what he didn't do against Georgia. Georgia game planned its offense around Aiden Hutchinson, right? That is an impactful thing. Same thing happened with Rashawn Gary quite often, to be honest. Teams game planned around him. Sometimes, not all the time. 2018 is a very instructive year, right? Because Josh Uche led the team with seven sacks. Chase Winovich had five. Devin Bush had five. Rashawn Gary had three and a half. Michigan had 34 sacks overall in 2018, which is the same exact number it had in uh, 2021. So with the idea of this being a not having one guy get 14 and another getting 11, like happened with Hutchinson and Dijabo last year. I I think like you're just trying to get like five sacks from multiple people. If Michigan can get five sacks out of him, I think it'll be happy. But here's where I think it might make the team better on top of uh, being a freakish talent that just hasn't come to fruition. Number one, And yet while he does have two years of eligibility left, he's going to be clawing and scraping for it, right? His his time is almost out. He's been doing this for years now with literally nothing to show for it. This is last chance you, Big Ten edition. And for those who do call, you know, who he's maybe trying to take playing time away from that's going to amp up the competition even more. That's how I think it's going to work at least here, right? If you're Taylor Upshaw, if you're Jalen Harrell, I think Mike Morris is probably relatively safe, but if you're Braden McGregor and you're like, just starting to kind of, you know, flash and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to get my playing time. We'll see how that goes. Now you're going to be that much more extra motivated. To, Make sure that, hey, I'm, I want to be out there all the time. It's almost like kind of what happened with David Ajabo, right, last year. Taylor Upshaw gets the start. Taylor Upshaw's doing all right. All right, cool, this is all working out. David Ajabo from out of nowhere just wrecking things. Undeniable. It could have that type of impact. But we'll see. We'll find out. I think it's an interesting ad. I'm personally excited about it, even though he's kind of an off-the-wall type of dude. You hope that he's matured since 2017, right? Being, it's different being a 16-year-old compared to being a, uh, you know, like a 25 year or not 25, 21-year-old, you know? So I think, it's, I think it's an interesting move. The only way we'll know if it's a good move is if it works. I told a colleague today who was kind of down on the idea because they're like, what if he's a locker room cancer? What if he's whatever? What if, you know, what if other players take offense? What I said back was, listen, Rasheed Wallace was a controversial character going to the Pistons. Look how that turned out. But it, look how it turned out at the beginning compared to how it turned out in the end. You know what I mean? You're hoping you're getting 20, 2004 Rashid Wallace not 2008 Rasheed Wallace. So that's what you're hoping you're getting. We'll see if it works out. All right, we're going to go move on to some of the other press conference stuff here momentarily. But listen, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts.
0: March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
1: All right, so there's, this is a completely off topic, but I want to address something that someone commented on with, uh, it wasn't even on the lockdown. I'm sure a lot of you have kind of noticed sometimes the sound is kind of wonky here. Like sometimes it sounds nice, perfect, crisp, clear. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't. Listen, number one, I'm not a sound engineer. I do have a lot of fancy expensive equipment, um, but there's only so much I know how to do. And it's a really loud environment. This is actually the quietest environment in the house that I could get. We record this down in the studio I built in my basement, but I've got a furnace right here. Air conditioning pipes through, laundry over here. Sometimes it's just not going to sound great. Do the best that we can. It's going to be one of those things where maybe someday down the line, a couple of years from now, um, I can build something that's more soundproof. But uh, I do the best I can to clean it up. doesn't always work. just wanted to... I wanna let you know why sometimes this sounds kinda of weird. Someone someone asked me about it, and I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, we do the best we can with what we have, you know? So, this is the only place in the house that we could do both on camera, quietish type of thing. Um, but yeah. All right, so uh, let's move on. I thought the in- most interesting thing came courtesy today from Blake Corum. Uh, I had asked him this question. And uh, I I was curious because one of the things that I think is weird about this Michigan team is you have this very experienced offense that was just killing it by the end of last year. Most team with the most 50-plus yard plays. I think Ohio State actually passed them up by one, according to Big Ten Network, maybe in the Rose Bowl. But... Uh, essentially the most explosive team in the country you got the starting quarterback returning and if not him a guy who played a lot last year in JJ McCarthy you've got all you know all the running backs except for Hassan Haskins returning but of course the narrative always ends up being like even though Blake Corum was really kind of the starter and the one who was more highly thought of until he got injured a little bit more than halfway through the season it becomes like this, well, they're not going to be able to do it without Hassan Haskins, right? Like, it, it's kind of like, you know, Ronnie Bell was getting no hype last year, except for like here in Ann Arbor until he went down. And then it's like, he was their best receiver. How on earth are they going to do anything? You know, it's like everything always changes. The narrative always changes. No hype, no hype, no hype. That guy's not available. Oh, all the hype. I've kind of noticed that you know, with some of these players. And I think one of the things that we've talked about is Olu Oluwatimi, for instance, being a Remington Award finalist. And now, he, you know, it's like you would think like, all right, dude, was, I think he finished second for the Remington Trophy uh, behind uh, Tyler Linderbaum. I think that was correct, right? Tyler Linderbaum was really good. But now, like, I've heard at least two or maybe three guys in the conference that people are putting ahead of him. So it's kind of like, what? Okay. How is he like the best dude in the country, but now he's not even the best dude in the conference? I see the same thing kind of with Blake Corum. It's like, oh, he's so good. He might be, you know, Big Ten Network, to their credit, when they visited Ann Arbor and on Big Ten today, they were like, he might be the best running back in the conference. That might be the only time I've heard that uttered, because generally there's two guys, at least two guys in the conference that get more pub than Blake Corum. Uh, Easily, obviously, Travion Henderson. I'm not going to take anything away from him. Travion Henderson was really good. He was the main back for Ohio State. Blake Corham was splitting time last year. I get it. But, you know, Mo Ibrahim coming back from injury, again, that makes sense. He looked like a monster against Ohio State
0: before he tore his Achilles. I think that's what it was. Looked like a monster.
1: You know, I... Heck, I even feel like, to some degree, people are like, ooh, the Jalen Berger, the Broussard over at Michigan State. You know, you hear about Braylon Allen, probably just as much, at least, as Blake Horn. So I asked him, I'm like, does, does, do you notice that at all? Do you, you know, is that something that you pay attention to? And he's like, listen, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, I don't care about individual accolades i'm not concerned with it whatsoever i am the thing that i care about the most is beating michigan state beating ohio state again winning a big 10 championship and winning a national championship and he's like we're gonna go all the way this year that is almost verbatim by the way of what he said almost verbatim verbatim is Obviously, I have self-goals, but I'm more focused on my team right now. I'm really focused on beating Michigan State, beating Ohio State again, and going to win the Big Ten Championship. We're actually going all the way this year. That's my focus. I love it. I think it is perfect. I think it's... That's the mentality, man. They need to have that type of swagger. You need a player like him who's really just kind of cresting into... The possibility, I, would it surprise me if Travion Henderson's the best running back in the conference? No. Again, he's probably the, really the only one, especially with Evan Pryor out. It's going to be him and Mayan Williams, and it's going to be, I'd say, 70%. Uh, 70% Travion and 30% Mayan, if I'm correct. I think, don't, don't quote me on the Ohio State depth chart, but I'm pretty sure that's what I, what I saw. I could be wrong. It could be someone else. Before... Ohio State fans come at me as if I'm expected to know everything about them at all the all the time as well. Um, I just think that this is the type of bravado that Michigan needs. Michigan, for all of this weird obsession from the rivals, I see like they're just out there chirping, they're out there talking. This is probably the most bold thing I've seen anyone say all offseason. Otherwise, it's kind of been like. Yeah, we did it, but that and that's cool. We were, it was exciting, and hopefully, we can do it again. This was the this was the first time I feel like it was a statement rather than a goal. You know, they aren't out there talking. That if you look at what Ohio State fans say. That Michigan's out there putting up billboards. You know that they're sitting outside players Ohio State players' windows at night, just cheesing. No, it ain't happening. Michigan had, I won't even say a swagger at Big Ten media days. They just looked more confident. Whereas Ohio State players looked a little bit more defeated. So, uh, I, I, think it's, uh, I think that's the right mentality to have. Because it, it's kind of like what on Hard Knocks. I'm just watching this week's Hard Knocks. Sorry if I'm ruining this for you. It's not a big deal. Aaron Glenn said to the team, like, he was singling out players. You know, he went to Jonah Jackson for Ohio State lineman. He's like, you know, when you, when you, you know, how many games did you lose your senior year? Like when you went into those games, did you hope to win or did you expect to win? He's like, that's what we need to do is we need to build a culture where we expect to win. You know, you go out there expecting to win. That's how Michigan from a mentality standpoint, needs to turn the corner. Expecting to win, not hoping. Now, they do expect to win, of course, a lot of these non-conference games, some of them in conference, sometimes it's bitten them a little bit. You look at the Rutgers game last year, for instance, the year before maybe even two. That's how you get bit sometimes is expecting to win but not putting in the work. But not cowering to Ohio
0: State is the right move not
1: bowing down because that's like the weird thing about that program in particular. They take such offense. If you're not just in awe of their greatness and I'll admit, I even, I am kind of in awe. I even back when I was a student, I remember like the first time that it was 2007. I remember seeing Ohio state come out the tunnel and I'm like, Oh my, that's that's Ohio state. Like that's them. You know, it's fine as a fan, even, as you, even if it's a team you hate to kind of be in awe, right? You know, if you if you 2019, you get to see Michigan play Alabama. Last year, seeing Georgia, it's fine to be in awe, even if it's a team you don't like. But that's as a fan or a reporter or just someone that's not part of that 130-person brotherhood. So, interesting stuff. All right, let's continue talking. I want to discuss one kind of last thing. Uh, Dave Revson from Big Ten Network made some comments. Uh, so I want to pull that up. I want to discuss some of his comments. He was on one, the ticket, earlier today. I want to discuss some of the things that he had to say here momentarily. All right, so interesting stuff. I mean, in general, if you caught any of the last two days of Big Ten today, they the more focus on Michigan was two days ago on uh, Wednesday, uh, but there was a little bit more on Big Ten today on Thursday. See, I'm getting amped up, man. I'm I, I watched Big Ten today the last two days. I'm getting ready, man. I am in the mode way more than the last two years this feels like 2019 for me like uh let's go let's start this let's do it but uh dave revson talked to stoney and jansen he said i thought both quarterbacks looked very good but man mcnamara the ball never hits the ground when he's in there he's so accurate and then he continued saying i think there's a little bit more of a risk with mccarthy He's a really, really good quarterback. Just about any team in college football would be falling all over themselves to get him. I just feel like McNamara makes such good decisions that I don't think it's worth the risk. I think you want a guy that doesn't put the ball in harm's way simply because you don't need the risk. You just have so many weapons that I think you just need someone that isn't going to make mistakes at that spot. For me, it's McNamara. I think there has to be a role for McCarthy because he does add a really dangerous dimension, but for sure I would go with McNamara, no doubt in my mind. Now, keeping in mind, he's a guy who sat there and watched them practice. And kind of everything we heard from Howard Griffith, Joshua Perry, and over the last couple of days is McNamara seems to have elevated his game. And so that's one element. I do want to remind you, there's other things other than just being able to have superior arm strength, and making big plays one of the things that was mentioned on big 10 today was uh just essentially managing the game and that doesn't mean being a game manager but just methodically moving a team downfield is something right you you want to have yeah you want to see what like ohio state's offense looks like putting up video game numbers but You know, it it doesn't always work sometimes. You might run into a buzzsaw. Being able to just take what the defense gives you is an art form. Especially if you just have that recognition. But on top of it, you have McNamara being a leader. And that's one of the things that they had mentioned was the idea that the team is behind him. Now, some of you might be behind him. Some of you might not. Because I know, obviously, everyone is salivating over J.J. McCarthy. I want to reiterate, when it comes to having concern of McCarthy dipping, being like, I don't have the starting job, screw this, I'm out of here. My belief is zero
0: that he would leave. I don't think that McCarthy's that kind of dude based off of what I know about him. So, I think it's interesting. I think it's exciting,
1: regardless of who's going to be the quarterback. And I think that being able to recognize defenses, not making big mistakes, we talked about that last week. Just because a guy can make big throws, it if you aren't making a lot of mistakes and Cade McNamara's uh, touchdown to interception ratio is stellar, that's more important than just simply being a guy who has a big arm who can make just wow plays. Now, there will be a time and a place for the Wild Plays. Certainly, we'll see plenty of McNamara regardless. Sorry, Matt McCarthy regardless.
0: And, you know, we'll see some of that. But, man, no matter who,
1: I think it's going to be a fun, exciting year. I can't wait. We're two weeks away. It's going to be Christmas Eve two weeks from right now.
0: Happy New Year. All of that stuff. So, I am
1: stoked to see what happens. Uh, Last thing. Because we do have a moment still. I am not particularly concerned still. Like, kind of to piggyback off of what we said earlier in this episode. I'm not that concerned about the defense. And I think that they'll get their sacks. Because there's multiple guys. So, let's say Ayabi Noma gets five sacks. In order to equal equal what you had last year, you need to send or even surpass it. You need seven guys to get five sacks, essentially, or at least average that. So I'm going to say Anoma gets there. I think he's capable. He had six and a half last year. I mean, lesser competition. Less time on task here so far in Ann Arbor. But I think that when you look at what he brings to the table. I think Michigan's going to want to utilize him. I think he'll get his five. I think Mike Morris will get his five. I think Junior Kostlin will be deployed and will get five. I think Mozzie Smith will have about five. Wouldn't be surprised if Chris Jenkins did. Wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Harrell did. That's six. So you're already at 30. Then you throw in a couple other random sacks here and there. You know, whether it's you know, I don't know that Kenneth Grant's necessarily a pass rusher as much as he's a lane-clogger. You know, is Taylor Upshaw, does he end up being that dude? You know, you know does Julius Welskopf, perennial freak on the freaks list, now that he's back to edge, does he is he able to finally go out there and do his thing? I, I think that they can get there. So, I'm excited to see, right? I think you you'll see, you know, probably more. Corner blitzes, safety blitzes, some of those types of things as well. I think they have a lot of options, and I think if you can get by committee, which I think is going to be the goal, instead of just having, yeah, you're not going to have two guys, but here's the good news. It'll be harder to game plan when it could come from anywhere, and you have multiple people who can probably do it. Now, of those six that I mentioned, I have pretty high confidence in three of them. And I feel pretty good about a couple others. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back when we're back. I would say, I would say when I, you know, because I always do like the, oh, maybe Saturday, maybe not. I would say there's a high likelihood because we didn't do one on Monday and we're kind of, I'm kind of in the mode. I'm kind of excited, right? Like that's, I feel physically better. I feel mentally better. Don't count out a weekend episode. That said, <laughs> every time I say that, it doesn't happen. I feel like it's going to this weekend because I, I want to. It's it's We're there. We're in that part of the season. So uh, we'll come up with something. That's the goal. So either Saturday or Monday, one of the two. Hopefully Saturday. But we'll talk to you when we do. Thanks for watching and we listening. Peace.